T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Is it possible? Yes. Is it likely? That's a little tougher to say. Uh, We certainly don't feel like we're in a position to move long-term assets for a one-year move. Like, we're not, that's not where we're at in this thing yet. Aspire to get there. Like, look forward to those days. But we also wouldn't close the door currently, despite not being looking to move young guys for long-term, for short-term fits. We're, We're open to moving younger players if it's a multi-year fit that fits into the development path that our guys are on. Uh, so we're not, you know, both feed into what you're describing there, but we, it's certainly... Well, a year or two ago, you would have been no chance. It would have been no chance. Precisely. We're not just in prospect accumulation or acquisition mode, no. That's Rick Hahn talking about the possibility of trading young players for veteran veteran players on short-term deals. They're not completely opposed to it, but they would rather look for a multi-year They're not, they're not doing it. They're, they just won't. I mean, they're not there yet. It doesn't make any sense, really. They're not looking for trying to win one year. They're not looking to, you know, pick up attendance by having won 85 or 90 games. Mm-hmm. This is The rebuild is for a purpose, and the purpose is to perpetuate winning, to perpetuate being in contention for the playoffs every year, very similar to what Kansas City eventually did. Houston certainly has done. The Chicago Cubs have done it. Uh, Regardless of a disappointing 2019, when 84 wins is a disappointment on the north side of Chicago, you know that you've done something really great the previous four years. This hour of the score is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call one eight seven seven Cars for Kids. I guess the question is, if you're the White Sox and you're looking to bring in your Jason Worth like the Nationals did, or your John Lester like the Cubs did, you know something, somebody that signifies we are the big boys and we are going for it, like they tried to do with Machado last year. Can they get that on this free agent market? And if not, do you really need? somebody to signify that. I guess that's kind of what the bets thing would be. But but do you think they can get that on this free agent market? Yeah, I can. I mean, Dallas Keuchel can be that type of guy for you. You can sign him to a three-year deal mm-hmm. with a fourth-year option, and he's been around. He's been a winner. He's been a Cy Young winner. Uh, with a full spring training, you can project him to win 13 or 14 games with a good offensive team behind him and a good bullpen. Um, I, I don't go off of what he did last year necessarily. I'm not saying he's the Cy Young pitcher he was four years ago, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you that that's the type of guy that can be a solidifying guy for you, a leader among the pitchers, somebody that they can turn to and, and ask about what it is to be a playoff uh, caliber pitcher, what you need to do to be able to make your 32 starts every year of, for seven or eight or nine years, certainly. And then, and then you have the, uh, you know, you w- want to look at Wheeler as another addition. I mean, the the numbers aren't necessarily there that he's going to be a dynamic pitcher. I think he's a good pitcher. You know, much like uh, 
maybe a three or four year type guy. Uh, will he come to the White Sox? We'll see. But again, you might be right saying they're going to have to overpay some people. But mm-hmm. I think there's other markets that are looking at the same thing for that guy. This is Rick Hahn talking about free agent starting pitcher targets in a very robust market, to use Theo Epstein's word. With all these moves, free agent moves, specifically with pitching, it's going to come down to pricing and what's accessible and what's the price and what we're willing, what level of risk we're willing to bear. You're right that uh, there's a heightened level of risk with free agent starting pitching signings. It's just the nature of the category. Uh, but as I alluded to yesterday, anything I say right now about we're willing to do X or you'll see us do this is meaningless until we actually do it. So if we actually go out and convert on a free agent pitching target, we'll talk about how we wound up at the term and, and why. I like Keuchel. I liked that name last year. It made all the sense in the world to me to go get him last year, even if you had a year where you weren't super competitive on the front end of it. Now very much so. I like Bumgarner, but I would assume Bumgarner wants to be the National League where he can hit. I don't know. I would hope he doesn't limit it to that. I mean, you think it's just like, oh, you know, the Sox offer is better, but I want to hit. You know, it doesn't feel right to me. You know, I mean, the guy... Is he's not going somewhere to to win a game with a base hit. He's mm-hmm. he's a veteran pitcher that hopefully after 32 starts this year, after a couple of uh, injury prone seasons, has shown that he's got a two or three year window left. He's not a five year contract guy for me. Uh, who Bumgarner? No. no, no, no. He might get it. He might get it. How about a three year deal if you can do one with Hyunjin Ryu? I I I I uh, I've come around to to feeling no, pretty not, good about not it. Not for me. Not not the way that he you know at his age and age the point 32. that you know and the point that he uh, dropped off significantly after a terrifically hot start. I uh, I don't trust him. I trust Keiko more than him. Well, I think Ryu's better. Um, he might be better as far as stuff, mm-hmm. but for the long range plan and for the you know for com- competition for the next three years, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going in on Ryu. I think he's really, really smart pitcher, a beloved teammate, shown an ability to get people out without dominant stuff. Yeah, but there's there's not, there's not a long record of him being competitive. I mean, uh, stuff wise, it's good. I, I would say there's a, there's a record of him being competitive and being good in big games, but he's been injured a lot. It's a bad sign going into your thirties. Yeah, it really is. You don't want to be committing too much to that. Mm. If you can get him on a one year deal, you know, thank you. You know, but obviously he's going to be looking for more than that. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that's, you know, to me, to me, Keiko makes all the sense in the world, and because Matt. He had a hard lesson to learn last year, even though his agent is Scott Boros, and he had to sit out until June. I think he's going to be pushing to get something done rather quickly. It's going to be an interesting part of the market, and yeah. teams can say, hey, you don't want to be Dallas Keuchel. Hey, you don't yeah. want to be Craig, uh, Craig Kimbrell and no. try to force these guys' hands. Uh, 670, the score is where you are. Let's go to the phone lines. This is Ron on the south side. You're up on the score. Hey, Ron. Hey, guys. You know, I think with the White Sox, there are a few more options with pitch. I like Keuchel, too. Uh, Bumgarten, I can go with him also. But guys, in terms of um, right field, it just doesn't seem to be many options uh, other than Nick Cantorano. Um So, Bruce, I know you said that the White Sox probably would not trade, you know, so that eliminates that option. So where do we go? I mean, do 
They go well, after you know, him. Calhoun is out there as a free agent. Okay. Um, Avisail Garcia is available as a free agent. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're going there. Anders, huh? But Bruce, one last question: um, Have you uh, have there been some names that have been uh, attached to Castellano as far as you know some other teams that may have interest in him? Yeah, Thanks, the Cubs guys. and the White Sox, and the <laughs> Cubs can't move on Castellanos until they really have a feel for where they're at this off season because they they can't commit. 20, what would you say, 20 times four? For Castellanos? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that, that, you know, that's a minimum of what I'll get. He's, right. He's at, what, age 27? Right, right. But, you know, the, the you know the, the Japanese outfielder is out there right now. Let's talk there's, about him. Yeah. So th- there's a lot of reports about him. Shogo Akiyama. And Akiyama is a comp uh, to Aoki, who has played in the major leagues. The, the caution here is that at age 31 – a guy that averages 20 to 24 home runs in Japan and a guy that, um, you know, can lead off has a lifetime on base percentage way high, mm-hmm. like, uh, can, can run a little bit, definitely, uh, can play center field. This would be a nice short term deal for the Cubs. I agree. It, it, it would be like a three year contract. And, and these guys aren't looking to get 20 or $30 million. It's more in the, Five to seven million dollar range. So if it's a three year, twenty million dollar contract, uh, that gamble is less. I, I will caution this, and I will ask people to respond to this. And that is, there's been very few Japanese position players who have had strong impact on their teams, other than pitchers, in the history of Japanese players coming over here. After Hideki Matsui and Ichiro, Ichiro Suzuki, you are, are strong. You are, you are pressed to look at guys that have had strong impacts on their teams when they've come here. We saw Fukudome have a, a half a year of All Star performance, mm-hmm. go to the All Star game, and that'd be a very big disappointment. Uh, Matt, the ballparks are smaller in Japan, so twenty to twenty five homers in Japan doesn't necessarily make you a home run hitter in the United States. Matter of fact, it's more like 12 to 15. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. been proven out. So you have to be very cautious about what you're looking for. And a guy that plays great defense and runs a little bit and gets on base, I think the predictability is a little easier for you uh, coming over here. Some other position players that are coming to mind, Shohei Otani, obviously, but he's a superstar. Um, Kaz Matsui, middle infielder for the no. Mets. No, thanks. Nori Aoki is an interesting name because he he was a very, very solid defensive right. outfielder, really good base runner, stole a bunch yeah, of I mean, bases. Look, and that, that might be all that Akiyama Aguchi is. Aguchi was very good for the Sox for a couple Tadahito of years. Tadahito Aguchi. But, I mean, I'm talking about real impact players, mm-hmm. you know, guys that have said, yeah, his addition helped us win a World Series. Well, uh, Aguchi did. Okay, but I mean, this, these are very brief moments of position players from Japan that have really had an impact in the United States. What's interesting about Akiyama is that at age 32, 
he's not going to get a huge free agent deal, like you said. He doesn't have to go through the posting process. He's just a regular old free agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's kind of rare to find an opportunity like this when you're seemingly frozen and a bit cash-strapped, regardless of what you think about that, right. as the Cubs are. A guy at 32 who can play center field and lead off and have you move Jason Hayward back to right for a two, three-year deal at 5 to $7, yeah. $8 million might make all the sense in the world. And outfield defense is so under rated Matt and so important look at the two teams that got to the World Series yep. this year look at the great outfield defense they had look at the 2018 Boston Red Sox having three center fielders playing in the outfield at the same time mm-hmm. and and the plays they made in the playoffs that significantly impacted them winning this is so important and I think the White and the Cubs are certainly interested in improving their outfield defense and run production it's been Poor, and it can't stay that way. You can't have poor production from your outfield and offensive production and poor defense at the same time. Doesn't work. And Shogo Akiyama, let's say he ends up as a fourth outfielder, you know, in center field defensive replacement. At that money, that would be fine. So I, I guess, but you do you do want to solve your on base yeah. percentage at the top oh, of the order for sure. But it, so that's the the top of the line, uh, you know, in terms of results is that you get that guy. But if he and ends up just being a fourth outfielder for you and other things he, shake out, that could be very. He's valuable. a left-handed hitter, so you could project him for between four and five hundred at bats mm-hmm. because of the predictability of right-handed pitching, I, especially in the. Uh, in their division. While you're frozen and waiting for other bigger things to happen and bigger chips to fall, I think an aggressive right. signing for Shogo Akiyama I, I for the I agree with you, Matt. Build from the back forward, and they don't have to be superstars to have an impact. Jim is in Whiting, Indiana on the score. Hello, Jim. How you guys doing? Good. Um, my question uh, was for the trades like with Bryant or Baez or Contreras, Schwarber, what does a return look like? From you know moving those guys, yep. you, are you getting major league ready players, or are you going after you know uh, top prospects? Oh, um, are you doing a mix? Okay, a mix. Yeah, but like what would what would? Well, if, you, if you're trading a, a superstar like Bryant, you're you're going to get a a third baseman in that system back that's projectable rather quickly. Okay, I think Atlanta does have that if it's the Atlanta Braves. And you're looking at certain teams like Atlanta, like San Diego, um, teams that have tremendous young prospects in duplication that they can give you something that you can look forward to uh, coming to fruition right away as well as down the road and controllable contracts that make sense for you. So you you don't lightly talk about trading Chris Bryant because he is a superstar and he's a superstar that still has not peaked in his career. So you have to be damn sure you know what you're doing when you move him for two or three guys, and it's probably more like three or four guys in a deal that you can project other people. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. Sure. 670, the score is where you are. Lots of phone calls lined yeah. up and uh, some more stories to get to before it's, we get out here to 1145. It's a, it's a dangerous premise. To say, okay, we're going to trade Chris Bryant. You know, he's not quite as good as we thought he was going to be. Uh, He hasn't been signable. He only has two years left. But you're talking, you know, if you believe in uh, war as a uh, product of evaluating people, you're talking about one of the best players in the game over his career. And you can't take that lightly, especially with the flexibility 
and the all-around play that he has. He can play a solid left, a solid right. He could be an above-average first baseman. He's an average to a little bit above third baseman. Uh, he's one of your best base runners on the team without question. So you don't take it lightly when you talk about trading a guy like Chris Bryant. I don't think that the Cubs believe they can sign both Javier Baez and Chris Bryant. They've been trying, as you mentioned. We have a little bit of news on the Baez efforts. But uh, if they are successful signing Baez, I, you know, that would point even more towards the possibility of Bryant getting moved at this point. But we'll see. Yeah, again, try to try to duplicate what he brings to your team. I mean, that's not going to be easy to do. And, and two years seems very short, but it could mean two years of going to the World Series. 670, the score is where you are. It's inside the clubhouse. Back with more until 1145. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. That's great. I mean, we spent some time um, talking at the yeah, on the break during the grievance and afterwards and you know I think uh, the relationship we have personally is great and, and between him and the organization just as great so no he's uh, certainly a cub in good standing and we think really highly of him and we like working together to try to get the, the most out of, the, out of him and the team and there's zero issue there whatsoever Theo Epstein on Chris Bryant. How's the relationship? It's great. We talked at the break during the grievance hearing. It's an interesting time to catch up, huh, Bruce? Yeah, and uh, it was kind of tepid, honestly. Uh, You know, to be honest with you, I think he's right. Theo never lies, but there is so many uh, areas that Theo can go by answering a question because he's so smart that, um, you know, negativity never comes into it. But I think the the reality is, is that, um, you know, they have not been able to sign this organizational changing type player for the last three years. And that has weighed on them. Okay. To the point where, well, you don't think these deals are good enough. We have to consider, you know, that you're not going to be a cub for the rest of your career. And when, you know, when is that, most opportune time to trade a guy it's with at least two years left Matt if you want if you want the most back for him you want three to four really good young players a couple of them that are ready to play for you right now uh that would have to be this offseason that they trade him now that said uh I, I believe everything he says is true that Chris loves being a cub that the uh the re- relationship has been good for them but I do believe that from the time that Chris was sent 
to the minor leagues after the 2015 spring training where he'd hit nine home runs and dominated in the minor leagues before that, that he realized more than anything else at that time that this is a business and that he might not be a Cub for his entire career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is that matter of the three hitting coaches in three years and some of those relationships and some of that message they've been trying to get through to certain players, including Bryant, some of that awkwardness that's gone on there, a little bit of stubbornness and, and Chris uh, struggling a little bit more mentally with uh, how difficult the game can be this past year than earlier years. If I'm the Atlanta Braves, I do everything I can to trade young players who are duplications and are really good ones for Chris Bryant because he can take you to two World Series in a row with all the great other young talent. You know, put him together with all the other young talent that they have. Put them together with uh, the way they've added to their bullpen this offseason. This is a team that could be dominant for the next five or six years, and the addition of a guy like Chris Chris Bryant – could solidify that. And then the Cubs can sign Josh Donaldson for one year Ugh. or two year and fill God, him in. That would be awful. He's too old. But the, uh, uh, although he was really good last year, the Braves yeah, are very I mean, much in a, in a go for it mode right now. That Will Smith signing, man, there was one closer on the market, really. One guy who's definitely done it on the market. That's Will Smith. They went out and get him for three years. Yeah, but, he, you know, uh, it makes really good sense for them because even though they say Melanson's still their closer, mm. there's not a lot of trust there. Agreed. And, Smith is the closest thing to uh, Andrew Miller that has come along recently. Andrew Miller was dominant in so many different ways as a relief pitcher, and he could close or he could set up or he could throw two innings anytime he wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, that's where Smith is at in his career. This is Theo Epstein. Uh, He he talked for a while about Dan uh, Kantrovitz, uh, who is the new director of scouting guy who's going to be in charge of drafts. He was in charge of the drafts in St. Louis between 2012 and 2014 under John Mozeliak, and they drafted some incredible players during that time that he has gotten credit for. Then he's been in Oakland, as, uh, as people know, as assistant to the GM. But this now he's here. But in addition to scouting, here's Theo Epstein talking about all the changes that have happened in the organization and which department may have been affected the most. If you look, we'll, we'll, we'll have had more turnover and more of a philosophical shift in player development um, than any other department. But um, as a result of the PD changes, amateur scouting, you know, the, the, there was a, a vacancy atop the department. And it's really a best-case scenario for us to be able to bring in someone like Dan to, to lead the department. And I think we have a lot of great scouts and cross-checkers and infrastructure. And, um, you know, we'll... Uh, continue to lean on on them and and incorporate a new perspective under Dan's leadership. I'm excited about it. I like the Kantrovitz hire a lot because they go out and they steal from a couple different organizations that well, do it Oakland very well. Well, Oakland was not offering them another contract. Right. He, he was out of contract. But uh, but it's kind of a, a step sort of backwards for him to go and be in charge of drafts, um, which is what he was doing in St. Louis. because well, he's being really assistant. good at it, obviously. Right. You know, the players that they got, like Flaherty, and, uh, you know, three Waka, or four others. Yeah. Luke, Luke Voigt, Stephen used Piscotti. one catcher for a trade that was important. So they, uh, he was very good at that. And the fact that he, uh, he is a metrics guy in this world as well and can relate to their language and where they want to go with, uh, you know, they have Matt Dory now switching over to the same uh, director's role as player development. They've hired directors for hitting coach and for pitching as well. 
to go along with it. So there's a dramatic change in what they want to do in their organization going forward, and these people will be leading the way. Yeah, and in development with Dory and then with uh, Justin Stone and uh, with Craig Breslow as director of hitting and pitching. So that's where they're admitting that they've been bad as drafters and developers, and they have been. It's, it's killed them in recent years. There's just not a steady flow of cheap labor like there was early on. It's got them to this point where they are in between and it's something that they wanted to be uh, directly going forward with for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And it, it has limited them and it's given them pause right now after five really outstanding years of competing, winning a World Series, going to NLCS three times, uh, just being one of those franchises that is looked at as certainly a dominant. Uh, that is the pause that we see right now with the Cubs. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football. Join Northwestern Football at Ryan Field when the Wildcats host Minnesota on November 23rd. Single game tickets to see Chicago's Big Ten team are on sale now at nusports.com. This is Ken in Wheaton on the score. Hello, Ken. Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, yeah, yeah, I wanted to kind of ask uh, Bruce. I don't know if you I mean, I mean, obviously the, the Phillies have a, a bunch of holes, um, especially in the pitching area, it seems like. But after dropping as much money as they did on Harper, um, do you think uh, – did you hear a lot of uh, Phillies chatter? Anyone like, oh, yeah, this, this guy's definitely going there or anything at all? Or I know you're focused more on the Chicago stuff. but I wasn't Well, no, sure you have you to focus. Name. You're right. I have to focus on the other teams to see what's viable for the Chicago teams in a trade. And the Phillies would probably match up with the Cubs if uh, if you're talking about Bryant going over there. Is that what you're alluding to? Yeah, a little bit, yeah, because I know third, well, Franco's not really working out, so right. there's pretty much talk that he's gone anyway. So, they have yeah. good, young, uh, controllable players that you could project. So that that is a team that has a lot of money, Matt. And looking going forward, that could be a team in the mix because the owner – is hell-bent on uh, going to the World Series, mm-hmm. and he is the new uh, Steinbrenner right now as far as making his presence felt. I think he would add a, a big pitcher, and via trade, that would be a, a, an interesting way with to see uh, – possibly Chris Bryant going there. Yeah, so you've brought up uh, brought up two very interesting names in an action-packed National League East for Bryant with the Braves and of the course. Phillies. Yeah, I mean, again, Bryant might not seem as strong a person or as strong an impact in Chicago anymore, but other places, they look at him and they go, you know, this guy's been batting second the last two years. So normally your RBIs are going to be down. Your, your run production is going to be down. Uh, runners in scoring position. I think uh, his OPS is close to 900 over his career. Uh, runners in scoring position in individual years hasn't been all that good lately. Okay. So, you know, we're, we're looking at, um, you know, a player trying to get a, a picture of where he's at in his career, what type of player he mm-hmm. is. Um, would you say that projecting, even if they offered him a long-term contract, that that would be a mistake, Matt? For Chris Bryant, what to, uh, to to commit to him long term? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a, a, a mistake. It's just that if you are going to be 
hamstrung by some big, big deals. You got to figure out if if that's the profile you want to do it with, or Javi, you might be able to do for a lot less. Especially if you can get something done with Javi right now, you yeah. might be looking at what an average of twenty, twenty-one mil a year, seven years, something like that. Because you're buying out two years yeah. and essentially twenty-four I don't, mil. I don't, on the I don't front know if you can get him that cheap. You might be able to. I don't think so. Well, you're looking at somewhere between what Altuve. Uh, Altuve's contract, and you know, it, 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 that's the high end I, for know, a second for a shortstop. You know, he's an extra base hitting machine. You know, he slumped badly in the second half, even before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't using what he was doing in the first half. He was using the whole field and looking like another MVP candidate again. Well, I mean, Al- Altuve, before he turned twenty-eight, got a seven-year one-fifty-one. And he had, and he had been really, really good. But when when was that? Uh, 2018. Right. So a couple so, years ago. So you're going to have to project this forward, but as far as economics. I, I I don't think I don't think Javi's been as good as uh, Javi had an 11.1 WAR over his last two years. Altuve a 15.8 right. over but, the two years before that. But you're talking about a shortstop compared to a second baseman. True. Xander yeah. Xander Bogarts last year signed a six-year 120 with a vesting option yeah, he's, for, one, for 2026. He, he's not the offensive four. He's a really good player and had a great year. But I don't. This think, was a breakout offensive right, year. But now. I don't. I don't see him as Javier Baez. No, you got to be above that one twenty. Right. I, I think realistically, it's going to be an AAV that's got to be twenty five to twenty seven million dollars a year. Hmm. That's what it's going to have to be. Now you want to project it five, six, seven. I don't know, uh, but he he has uh, certainly shown to be that type of impact player. And I think the underrated part of his game that we saw for a full year for the first time, I thought he was the top defensive shortstop in the National League. He was League. phenomenal. Not just the great plays, but all the routine. No, I, I just think he adds a dimension of not actually even having to use defensive metrics because of his range and ability to throw people out from short uh, left field. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get out of here, Bruce, uh, in a few minutes, uh, Cody Bellinger, your National League MVP, Mike Trout, your American League yeah. MVP. Uh, no, no problem with Bellinger, problem with Trout, and that is he's the best player in baseball. There's no argument there. Was he the most valuable player in the American League for a team that won 72 games and he missed 34 games? You know, I, I think I think Bregman got ripped off. I think Bregman was the most valuable player during the regular season. I thought he was fantastic, and he he was a, a big player on a team full of big players. So my perspective is if they change the name of it to the best player or, you know, the, the, most, uh, the best player in the American League, American League Player of the Year, then it's Trout. If it's the most valuable, meaning he brings the most to the team to help you win, it was Bregman. 670, the score is where you are. We're going to get out of here and make way. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. I write on our web, our, our 670thescore.com as well, uh, Sox and Cubs every day. So stay tuned as we continue to bring you baseball all week long up until the time Matt and I return next Saturday from 9 to 11. This is 670 The Score. DePaul basketball is next. Thank you, Zach Withers. Have a great day, everybody. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.